Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. How are you? Today is Thursday, uh, the 24th, day before Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You made it. We're still here. We're moving forward. We can breathe. One of the things I always tell myself um, when I feel anxious or I'm nervous or worried or can't sleep is, or if I'm in pain, extreme pain, I just say, as long as I can breathe, I'm okay. As long as I can breathe, I can get through this. As long as I can breathe, it's manageable. It's when I can't breathe that I'm like, uh-oh, we got, now we got to, the, you know, I had a panic attack on a plane recently, which I rarely get a panic attack. And one of the things that I did was something I learned from the movie Honey Boy. I believe it was, was it Honey Boy? Yeah, Honey Boy, where uh, one of the, uh, a client is in with his therapist and he's having a massive panic attack. And, and I've talked about this before in previous episodes a little bit. And the, the therapist said, you know, name three things that you see that are brown and then name three things you see that are orange and red. And I did that on the plane. I started zooming out and looking around the plane for three things that were red. Um, you know, five passengers wearing gym shoes, uh, you know, three passengers wearing a hat uh, two passengers wearing brown, you know, things like that, where the, the panic attack is really um, such a hyper intense focus on yourself. And, um, and the way to get out of that is to bring your awareness to the world around you, which is, uh, you know, which is a metaphor for life. You know, we can't, we should, you know, it's important for us to take care of ourselves but it's also important to look at the world around us. I'm glad you tuned in. Today, I, I, just, I just want to leave you with some my thoughts from 2020, lessons learned, um, you know, some things that have been recent, some things that I've learned from the beginning, and, and, and some things I want you to take with you in, a, in the 2021. This will be the last episode of this year. I, I know I drew that out like, this will be the last episode forever. No, no, no. We we have some great ep- I'm I, <laughs> I'm super excited about the guests that we have coming up for 2021 already. Um, we have Elena Artnick, who is a free diver, um, as a guest coming up in the first week of, of 2021. Um, she's a champion free diver. Uh, if you don't know what a free diver is, they dive with no equipment at all. And uh, the, the women uh, can hold their breath up to nine minutes, and the men, a world record holder, is 11 minutes underwater. So this is incredible. I read about Elena Artnick in the New York Times. So I'm excited to, for that episode to air. And then we're going to have Sarah Wilson, who is one of my favorite authors. She wrote, First We Make the, the Beast Beautiful. And then we're going to discuss her new book, uh, this one wild and precious life. 
So we have her, and then we have uh, Chris Voss. If you don't know who Chris Voss is, he's an FBI hostage negotiator. So he's coming up in 2021, and he's going to talk to us about how to, um, you know, we're not going to talk about hostage negotiations, but we are going to talk about how to negotiate, how to influence, how to, um, and it's not just about one-on-one with other people or in groups, but, you know, with yourself, how to talk yourself down right? When we're all riled up. So 2021 is going to be, uh, it's going to be fun. I have uh, exciting guests and uh, interviews and information to bring to you. So today I just, like I said, I just was like, ah, I want to talk to you. Well, I, and I'm going to be honest. Today is Tuesday for me. I'm recording this on the 23rd of 23rd, no 22nd of November. And, uh, so I just want to share with you the, the, the big takeaways from 2020. My first big takeaway from 2020 is we are all needy. We are all needy. And I bring this up because, it's, you know, if you're type A, a perfectionist or you're the oldest and, you know, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be self-sufficient, independent, self-reliant, all these I, I, I words, all these self, 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 me, me, me words. And 2020 has taught us that we are all connected. We are all interconnected and we're all needy. We all need each other. When I was growing up, my favorite, one of the top songs in the country and probably in the world, I, I, I'd have to look back was uh, LL Cool J, I Need Love. I don't know if you remember that. When I'm alone in my room, sometimes I stare at the wall. I'm from the back of my mind. I hear my conscience call. Come on. If you don't know that song, I think it's from the, the 80s. It has to be from the 80s. It's definitely from the 80s. LL Cool J, I Need Love. Need is in there. And the whole world was singing it, at least the whole country. I don't know how big it was. In Korea at the time. Um, But everybody, men, women, adults, children, this was that song that that resonated with everyone. And it was was hip hop, too. You know, I mean, he put that R&B spin on it. It was he was like the first Drake, uh, to be honest. But I bring this up because right now, you know, some of us, we need we are we at at all times need something. That's just a part of our, uh, 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 not genetics, but a part of our being, a part of what being a human is, right? I study, you know, I do acting and also stand-up. And when you're thinking about building a character for acting or even for stand-up, a a lot of comedians... uh, we don't realize they're playing a, a, a character. I'm talking about stand-up comedians. But, yeah, but even comedians in the movie, they're playing a character. And what draws us into these characters, what makes us care about the characters, are that they have both a want and a need, right? So the wants are external things. Uh, car, house, money, uh, marriage, status, uh, you know, trip to Bali, 
et cetera, et cetera. Uh, straight A's, you know. Uh, so our wants are external, and they're and those are temporary. But our needs are internal, and and for the most part permanent, right? So when we think about internal needs, it's like that need for safety, that need for security, that need for love, the need for connection, the need for understanding, the need to be seen and heard. Those are those are needs that we all have on a at different levels, right? And so your biggest need, your, your strongest need is going to be the one that you didn't get as a kid, right? So you have to tune in to what did you really need as a kid? Did you need trust? Did you need love? Did you need to be seen? Did you, did you need to be held? What was that need? Because that's going to determine your wants. You know, for me, uh, you know, there are times where I, I go on these food binges and I look back and I go, I just, I just needed, you know, to uh, spend time with myself. I needed some solitude or I needed to, to feel understood in a situation or I needed to, to say something, to express myself, to, to, to show up. And, and so we find that a lot of our external wants are driven by our internal needs. And that's for everybody. We know whether, uh, if there's a kid who's yelling, I used to substitute teach, and there'd be kids, uh, you know, every now and again you get a kid in the class who's a bit rambunctious. I like that word, rambunctious. You can write that down. And it's not that he's a bad kid. He just needs some attention because he's not getting that need met at home, his parents are either they're working or, or uh, they are home, but they just neglect them and, and, and send them off to his room or they send them to a boarding school, whatever. He, he needs somebody to, to see him, to, to notice his eye color, his grades, his, his uh, you know, uh, him growing. You know, there, there's nothing more special in movies when you see the parents you know, on a kid's birthday, putting them up, putting their back up to a wall and, and, and measuring their height. You know, it's like it's just a it's a beautiful, small way to be seen. That's, that's what we all want. So, you know, take this time if you haven't, if you haven't to sit down and be like, what is it that I really need? What are my internal needs? Because when we feel safe, when we feel secure, then we start to see ourselves flourish more. When you feel safe in your community, in your house, in your environment, um, you know, even with the we have COVID running rampant right now, when we feel safe and we feel secure, then we start to explore more. So much research has been done on that. People who come from uh, secure uh, households where their emotional needs have been met, uh, they, they, they're a bit more, um, uh, they explore more. They're, they're more adventurous in, in life, in love, in business. And so the, the key for you is once you figure out what your needs are, is how, do you, how do I give that to myself? And then how do I ask for that in relationships? 
with, and I just don't mean intimate, but with your friendships. So first lesson of 2020 is we are all needy, especially financially, right? Let's be honest. I mean, this, this stimulus uh check bonus can't come fast enough it's not a lot of money but it's something and you know even countries are are needing to be bailed out so check out that LL Cool J song I need love anyway uh to tag on to the the need we definitely need to breathe so my second lesson from 2020 is the need for air to breathe. And I bring this up because uh, just yesterday I received uh, a device, uh, I think it's called an MAT, that you place in your jaw to prevent snoring and sleep apnea. Now, it is a very expensive device, at least for me here in San Diego. It was uh, $2,300. And, and, of course, I was like, we got to put this on a payment plan. I, there's no way I, I got that kind of money just sitting here in my pockets. You know, what kind of we're in the middle of a pandemic, for, for Christ's sakes. Um, however, I saw it as a worthwhile investment because sleep apnea, for a lot of people who are struggling with sleep apnea, basically you stop sleeping or stop breathing in your sleep. And so many people struggle with snoring, snoring or sleep apnea, snoring, you're not, you're not, uh, you're still breathing, but they're, they're both a health issue. They, they lead to depression, uh, obesity, um, heart attacks, hypertension, high blood pressure. Snoring and sleep apnea takes years off of your life and off of your energy. It, it affects how you show up to the world. Uh, you know, right now we have enough anxiety and uh, and during these times, and one of the things that contributes to it is a poor night of sleep. When I have a when I don't sleep well, which is all the time because I have sleep apnea, and and my girlfriend records it. Thank you, Michelle. Um, at, you know when you it it in you things you're just in a, a more heightened state of alertness, and you're not even aware. Like I'm beyond aware. I'm just more like you become more reactionary. So I'm not saying you have to spend uh, money on a $2,300 device. There are exercises you can do for your jaw to reduce your snoring and your sleep apnea. Uh, I, I just thought of this. I think it's like myofascial something, 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 something. I forget what it's called. But, uh, but just look up jaw exercises for snoring uh, or sleep apnea and and you'll come across uh just a few exercises you only got to do a couple times a day to kind of strengthen the jaw because the idea is that a lot of snoring and sleep apnea is because there's not enough room in for the tongue uh, in your jaw we, we've evolved to have a smaller jawline a lot of us and so when we sleep the tongue rolls back into our throat and it clogs up our airway and I bring this up because, like I said, one of the side effects of snoring and sleep apnea is depression. And if we're struggling with suicidality, we don't need to, to add on to the things that are making us uh, 
you know, to bring that they're heightening our despair and and our hopelessness and our pain, right? So it, this is a way of let's let's see what's manageable and what we can take care of and what we can address, and then see how we feel, see what kind of energy we have, see you know what our levels of hope are, and and so you know this is just a reminder that there are physiological and physical aspects that we can tackle that can hope that can hopefully alleviate some of the mental and uh, physical and emotional pain that um, can lead someone to, to ending their life. So if we can help you to breathe better and sleep better, now let's see how we show up to the world and how we feel and where our thoughts take us, right? So please learn. There's a book called Breath by Tom, I didn't do my research on that. Um, it's a yellow cover. Just look up Breath. I think it has five-star reviews on Amazon. So that's a, you know, that's a cheaper option because in that book, he'll also share some of the exercises you can do. But like I said, all you can, uh, you know, just go ahead and, and Google jaw exercises for sleep apnea and uh, or snoring. So breath. Breath is, is so important, especially for those of us who are uh, struggling with anxiety and panic attacks. Just learning how to breathe is muy importante. Um, third thing, third big takeaway from this year is setting boundaries. Set boundaries in your life. Say no. Say no. No. Say no to things. Say no to things and take time for yourself, right? I know you guys are like, is this all under setting boundaries? Yes. Set boundaries. Be clear as to when something starts, when something ends, how you want things. It's a part of expressing your needs. What do you need? Like, I remember as a kid, my mom needed my friends when I brought them into the house to say hello, Mrs. Bowen. She was like, when you bring those kids, when those kids walk into this door, they say, hello, Mrs. Bowen, and they take their shoes off at the door. That's what I need. And so that that's what I did, right? And then everything went smooth. And so if my friends came over and they didn't introduce themselves or acknowledge her um, and they had their shoes on, that would cause so much uh, <laughs> um, uh, tension, and it just wouldn't be fun. And my mom would be upset. Then that means that I'm going to be upset uh, or a consequence. And then my friends can't come over. And so now I'm lonely. And, it, you know, it's just, it's just a domino effect of things. So to set, be clear as to what are your boundaries. You know, uh, when somebody calls, you know, a lot of us sleep with our phone on. It's like, do you really need your phone on? Or can you put it on do not disturb so that you can get a good night's sleep? You know, when we're talking about work, are you taking your breaks? Are you setting your a boundary between when you're working and when you're breaking and, you know, when you're eating for lunch and, uh, you know, what time you leave for work? To set boundaries around that, to set boundaries in our relationships, right, um, of, it's just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean you're the property of the the other person to do what they want to do when they want to do it. 
you have your needs, you're, uh, you're your own entity, you're an individual. And sometimes uh, a, a, a routine or a planned event for, you know, in the moment is not working for you, you're not comfortable with it. And there's nothing wrong with expressing your needs. Um, you know, one of the, like I said, Christmas time is here and Michelle and I grew up with different uh, ways of giving gifts and expectations around that. And so we had to have a we had to have a, a discussion about it so that we were making sure that both needs were were being met. So we can't just assume that just because we we love someone or or is or are with someone that um, you're going to be on the same page at all times. And just because you love someone doesn't mean you give in to what the other person wants either all the time. It that it's okay to have a discussion, but not in a way that where you're attacking the other person, but where you are setting your boundaries of here's what I want and here's what I need. And then hearing the other person express what they want and what their needs are, and then finding where you have common ground. And as you do this, whether it's in a relationship or with your employer or with your friends, uh, you'll find that you'll have a, a little bit of a, a pep in your step, uh, a little, a little, a little, you want to kick the heels together a little bit, right? You, you find yourself floating on air as you, as you practice more and more of setting boundaries, of saying no, or saying yes to some things. You know, sometimes a, a yes is a, is a way to set boundaries also, but to say, you know, that doesn't, but, you know, to, to get comfortable with saying, when something does and doesn't work for you and what you need and um, and not just being not just reacting to life but uh, in some ways asserting yourself engaging that's my favorite word engagement um, which leads me to the the next lesson of 2020 is I've realized that I am much more fond of engagement than excitement Right when I think about when I was a, when I was a kid and uh, and even when you watch movies it, it was all about things that are exciting and aren't you excited about this and you know like you think about even at work where they have uh, 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 like a yearly meeting or a lunch or a get together where the or like the quarterly thing where the the boss is in front of the whole team and he's trying to get them excited about the new quarter and uh, you know get people riled up or. Um, going on roller coasters, I, I never was one bungee jumping, skydiving. All those things are exciting. However, I don't find them uh, to be that engaging. And when I think about engagement, I think about you know uh, mastery, learning something like Spanish or guitar, um, or even having an engaging conversation where it's uh, it's fun, it's interesting. Um, you know, doing this podcast. Is, is extremely engaging for me where I, where you're alert and you show up for it. And I love those moments of engagement. And I think that that's a word we, we don't use a lot. Usually when you think of engagement, you're thinking about, you know, will you marry me? And you better cross your fingers. I, I did a show once where um, this guy got on stage and asked uh, a young lady, that the, the, the woman that he was with, 
to marry him. And she said, uh, let's talk about this. Wow. And it, it was the, the place was packed. It was like 500 people. And my boy just like sat on his knee for like an hour, just like what? And, you know, slowly crawled off back into the chair. <laughs> and then she she wrapped her arms around him like in this um, there, there kind of way. <laughs> Uh, so unfortunate, so painful. And, uh, but they, um, I forgot where I was, but, but yeah, engagement. So the, the idea there is that, um, let's, let's look for ways to be engaged, more engaged for 2020 or 2021 versus, you know, I, I, a lot, it's so, it's good to numb out also. Don't get me wrong. Um, I love a good Netflix uh, binge. I usually don't do a Netflix binge. I, I'm more of a YouTube rabbit hole kind of person. I watch one video on chess, and then I'm watching a, a million videos on chess. Um, but so there's nothing, you know, there's a time and place for all of it. But I just I just wanted to give you another word and another way of, of thinking about life and, and what you want it to mean for you. Um, and and the things that you pursue, are you seeking things that are exciting because those are usually very short-lived? Or are you seeking things that are engaging? And usually the things that are engaging are things that uh, satisfy our needs, right? Because one of my needs is for growth and also to feel effective. So when I'm learning something like Spanish uh, or guitar, sign language, whatever these things are, uh, it, I feel like uh, it's improving my um, effectiveness in communicating with other people and with connecting with other people and also with connecting with myself. There's, you know, when you're learning something new, it, it, it taps into a part of you that you didn't know was there. It's like when you watch those movies with people, uh, the, the, the kid with two left feet learns how to dance and now you know, he's got some swag on him, you know, and, and now he has the confidence to go and, and talk to the girl because it tapped into a part of him that he didn't know existed. So, um, the, the, like I said, the other lesson for 2020, 20, uh, from 2020 is how much I value engagement, you know, all this time that we had locked in and quarantined. I was like, oh, man, I can't, I can't just zombie out. I'm going I'm to need some things to do, so. Engage, engage, engage. And I'm going to take that with me into uh, 2021. The other lesson, uh, this comes from uh, an article in the New York Times uh, on a professor, uh, and I won't say his name, but uh, he struggled. And in this article, you know, his, his struggle, he lost the struggle with uh, his mental illness. And it, it said that as they were analyzing um, his life, they, were, they said, uh, you know, some of us are seeking happiness, but some of us are also avoiding despair. And I thought that was a, it was a powerful word. Are you seeking happiness or avoiding despair? Meaning, are you, are you moving towards a thing or are you running away from something? 
And in some cases, we can be doing both, right? Like a refugee is running away from a country, and then they're moving towards happiness. So there are situations with uh, where they, they both fit. Um, and so the article goes further into life is more about experiencing life than evaluating it. And I really like that quote. Life is more about experiencing life rather than evaluating it. And I love it because it speaks back to engagement, right? We can, I can read all the books on mental health and psychology, and we can read all the books on uh, weight loss and food, et cetera, et cetera. However, at some point, we have to take action. We have to be willing to experience life. When we look at um, Holocaust survivors, you know, a, a lot of their lives had been, their lives had been destroyed when, once they were released. You know, even if they went back to the city they were in, uh, the family members uh, were, no, were no longer existed and uh, the, the towns had been burned down or bombed out. And they, the ones who survived, I mean, and not just survived the camp, but who survived years after were the ones who chalked it up to an experience, to a life experience. And I'm saying this is part of it, not, not the full story. Um, and, and then we're able to, to start from where they were and we're able to build on it. The, the ones who weren't able to make it after they were rescued or freed from the uh, concentration camps were the ones who spent maybe too much time evaluating it, right? Too much, too much, too much had been lost in terms of uh, the, the families, their connections and things like that. And then, you know, we get into this, sometimes we can get into this why me type of situation. And we've all been there. I've been there. Uh, I still have a, you know, every now and again, I go, why me? Why did that happen to me? I can't believe it. Um, but that's a, that's a moment when we feel that why me is a, is a moment to accept what has happened and then ask ourselves from this point, from this point, from today, from this moment, from this second, what are the experiences in my life that I want to have? And what did those experiences teach me? Right? Like, what, what are the lessons learned? And, and you spend some time on that. We definitely want to reflect because, you know, that's what this episode is about is me reflecting on, on 2020. But what are the experiences that I want to have? And because when this pandemic started in March and the, the quarantine started, you know, there was a, there was a moment of anxiety and what am I going to do uh, in terms of uh, business and, and work and career and the podcast and um, you know there's just so many questions at the beginning of all this and I, I really I remember the day I sat myself down and I said all right this is how I want to spend this this quarantine this pandemic this is this is what I wanted to look like and here's how I want to grow and here are things that I want to engage in and you know and and then I'll, you know, and, and that, so I had a plan. I sat down and I decided, I was like, wow, so much has been wiped away. I lost so much work. Um, 
in the business and I had all these goals and I had to be like, all right, forget that. What are the experiences I'm ready to have now? How do I, how do I want to experience this? Because I can't control anything else. So it's an opportunity to empower yourself, asking yourself, how do I want to experience this? How do I want to go through this? Nelson Mandela, when he was in um, prison, yeah, I think, what, for 30 years of his life, he decided early on how he was going to experience it. He, he journaled every day. He read every day. He exercised every day. And, and when you see how he emerged from being in prison for decades of his life, he still had that little swag on him still had a smile on his face. And that doesn't mean that it was easy. That doesn't mean he didn't cry. That doesn't mean he wasn't angry. That doesn't mean he wasn't enraged. That, didn't, that doesn't mean he didn't experience uh, despair and hurt and pain and sorrow and grief. He experienced all of that. And, and experienced joy Happiness, calm, peace, serenity. It's part of the, the human experience. So we can decide on some level what actions we're going to take to create the experiences that we want. And that doesn't mean you don't evaluate. But I prefer the, the, I prefer the, the word reflect to, to kind of look back. Take note. I like to do that at the end of the day. Pull out my online journal on Penzu. And I just take some notes about the day. What I what I ate for breakfast, how did I feel, conversations I had. I just take notes on the day. I'm not, it's not so much about pouring my heart out that's it's too emotionally draining. It's just about, hey, let's just debrief. Have a daily debrief with yourself. Or a lot of people use Sunday for that, to, to reflect and debrief, right? So I, I just, I love that line in an article about um, experience life rather than evaluating it. Because when you're evaluating, you just, it's, you can be too much in your head about a thing versus if you just chalk it up to an experience or uh, a lesson, as some people like to say. And then, you know, it's like, oh, you're still here, so good. What do I want to take from that experience with me? All right, next, uh, what was the other lesson from 2020 is, uh, and this comes out of the uh, New York Times also, you know, just in terms of your mental health, just quick ways to, to kind of take care of your mental health. One is to... Acknowledge your feelings, to reach out to others, be realistic, set aside differences, stick to a budget, hire a therapist for the day, and don't apologize for who you are. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through these a little bit. The first one, acknowledge your feelings. I, I love that one because a lot of times we feel a certain way and we don't acknowledge it. We kind of just be like, Oh, I shouldn't be feeling that, or I don't, I don't like that feeling. It's like, well, sit with it for a second. You know, Winston Churchill called his feelings uh, the black dog. 
his depression. He was like, oh, yeah, the black dog. Uh, my other friend, her daughter, who is, I think, nine, calls her anxiety uh, Diane, <laughs> I believe. So we can, we can name our emotions, whatever that, that big emotion is for you. Name that, right? Put a name. For me, it's boredom. Like, I realize I, going back to, you know, engagement, boredom is the enemy for Leo Flowers. Boredom. You know, was it Idle Hands or the Devil's Workshop? For sure. For sure. Right? So, uh, a lot of times we think we're depressed when really we're just bored. Just bored. I'm so bored. Boring conversation, boring TV show, boring uh, boredom. People, I, people aren't honest. That's one of the emotions that I think people aren't honest enough about. It's just be like, boring. We see it as a rude, <laughs> it's so rude to say that to someone. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why we don't acknowledge that feeling of boredom. Boring. And so, and when, but why it's so important to address it and acknowledge it or to sit with it is because when we are bored, then that's when we start to numb out. We start to do numbing. Uh, you know, you're watching a TV show, or you're you're with, uh, you're at a, a an event that's boring. That's when we start snacking too much, eating too much, drinking too much. It's just boring. If the work that you're doing, you know, if your job is boring, all of a sudden we start doing these self sabotaging uh, behaviors. If your relationship is boring, like it's it's dangerous, it, it's, it could spiral us out of control. So finding meaningful ways to be engaged, but most importantly, acknowledge your feelings. Everything starts with acknowledging how you feel and accepting that and then taking steps to work around that. Um, and the other thing in the article, they talk about reaching out to others. It just goes back to need. Reach out to others. Call a friend. Call an enemy. I'm always talking about this. Call the 1-800-SUICIDE. Call 1-800-273-TALK. But reach out to others. Say hello. You have friends who have been blowing your phone up. We're not, we, haven't, we haven't been res, uh, returning those phone calls. Return the phone calls, the emails, the text messages. Right? Reach out to others. It's such a, such a beautiful thing to do. Um, and the, the next one was be realistic, right? Because a lot of us are setting those New Year's resolutions and we got a laundry list. We have a laundry list of things that we want to get done in, in 2021 because we got a backlog from 2020, right? So let's, let's simmer down, let's tamp it down a bit, and let's be realistic. Let's just put a few things on there. I have a buddy uh, for 2021 who wants to write a book. That's his only thing. That's the only thing on his vision board. He bought a sweatshirt that says writer on the front, and that's going to be his primary focus. Just the one thing, one thing. You know, um, figure out that one thing for you for 2021. You know, I have a, have a few things that I want to get done, and I'll share those with you as, um, you know, uh, throughout uh, the uh, future podcast episodes. And, uh, but, you know, keep it realistic. It's okay. Little baby steps. Uh, you know, I, I've been going swimming in the morning. 
I just want to, you know, get an a extra lap in a week. I'm not trying to, I'm not training for the Olympics. Be realistic. I love that. Uh, the other big thing is set aside differences. The holidays are here. And, and you know, a lot of us have uh, prior grievances with family members. And we have to set aside those differences. I, I know that uh, you're probably preparing for that argument you're going to have with mama or papa or your uncle or the, the in-laws, right? Set aside, listen, you're not, nobody has to be right. You don't have to prove your point. We could just be, we could just, you know, I'll hear you out. Cool. I don't have to respond. All right. I hear that. Let me think about that. Well, you know, when, it, when if, they, if they try to engage you in an argument or a fight, you know what? I, I hear that. I see that. I understand that. Let me, let me chew on that for a little bit. I appreciate you sharing that with me. It, it, it lets me know that you care. The fact that, you, that you're so passionate about, because clearly for them to share their thoughts and opinions with you, uh, it shows how much that they um, value your opinion or else they, they wouldn't spend that kind of time. Right. So, hey, I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And then you just keep it moving. You set aside your differences for, you know, the holidays, but also for 2021. You have to get into these. I have friends getting into Twitter wars and, and uh, online. You know, it's like I can't believe they. It's fine. Let it go. Um, also, hire a therapist for the day. I think it's. I think a lot of times when people think about therapy, they think, "Oh my God, it's going to be hundreds of dollars, hundreds and thousands of dollars, and how long is it going to take?" I, I think that's one of the the biggest um, obstacles for people and therapy. You know, getting into therapy for the first time is they, they're just like, "How many set? How many of these do I have to do? How much is this going to cost me?" Get a therapist for the day, just once, just just in your head, be like. You know what? I just want to see one person one day just to, just to, just to suss it out. I like that word, suss. Just to suss it out. Just to feel it out. And bring in all your things. Bring in all the things you want to say and talk about and, and deal with. And just see. You know, maybe you have the same therapist every three months. It's your like quarterly check-in. This idea of like having to go to a therapist every week is preposterous. I see my, I talk to my therapist um, every couple weeks and then we see our, we have a couples therapist that we check in with uh, every five to six weeks. So you can spread these out, people. There, there's no, there are no hard and fast rules as to how often one should see their therapist. Now, if you're in a more heightened state, uh, right, then maybe you need to see the therapist more often. However, you know, I understand finances are a thing, um, but there are organizations that can help you pay for some of your mental health bills. And, you know, if you call the 1-800-273-TALK or even the 1-800-SUICIDE, they can link you to those uh, services that can help you out. So know that there are organizations that will help you pay for 
uh, whether you need uh, psychiatric care um, or hospitalization, there are people out there with the money to take care, to help you uh, pay for that. And um, the, the last thing in terms of 2020, don't apologize for who you are. And that doesn't mean you just run ramshod over, over people and uh, you're just imposing your will like some evil dictator. Um, what that means is this circles back to your needs. Don't apologize for what you need. It's what you need. It's not what you want. This is what you need. Like you need air. You need you need uh, food. You need a, a shelter. But we also have emotional needs, and, and 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 getting our emotional needs are so important. You know when they did a study with, I think it was uh, baby monkeys. I believe where uh, they, the, the baby monkeys were fed milk from a, like a robot. It, was, it looked like a monkey robot, right? And, and so like these baby monkeys weren't touched at all by humans for a long time, and they had a hard time adjusting as they got older. They may have did it with monkeys or, or actual babies, which I, I'm, I, don't think, I hope it wasn't real babies. But I mean, just the fact that it was even monkeys is, is a horrible thing too. Um, but 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 the point is, is that food and water and shelter is not enough for us to thrive. People, uh, babies—that's—it was humans. So ba- babies that um, aren't touched a lot uh, in their infancy and in their youth, they have a hard time adjusting uh, and soothing themselves emotionally as they get older. Right, they're more reactive. Uh, they're less calm. Their, their nervous system gets activated a bit more, and so we we need human touch. We need to feel seen and heard, and but we also need to ask for those things to say this is this is what I need. You know, my my girlfriend Michelle needs me to. We need to go to bed together at the same time, not the same time, but. She very much needs for us to, to go to bed together. And, you know, some couples, it doesn't matter when one goes to bed, another one comes up when, whenever they're ready, um, and especially if people have two uh, different work schedules. But, you know, we're, we're both home. And so I, I do that. And sometimes, I, you know, I'm not ready to sleep, so, uh, but I at least go to bed, lay down for a little bit, and then I might get up again. But... I recognize that's one of her needs. So I have no problem meeting that. In your relationships, in your life, in in your work, you have needs. You have financial needs, right? Or And especially at work where it's like a need for autonomy, a need for mastery, a need for growth, a need for purpose. We all need that. Or we're working at a job, so a lot of times... When people uh, want to quit their job or, like, what am I doing? They, they, they're like, just, I don't know what the purpose is. I don't know what the mission statement is. And, and sometimes the boss or the company is not very good at articulating what the purpose is. So you may have to come up with your own purpose. It's like the janitor 
who, um, you know, has worked at a school for 50 years. You're like, why didn't that guy just leave? And then when he dies, you find out that he left a million dollars to the school. That was his purpose. He didn't have to tell anybody. It was, it was his. He had a need to give back, and, and it helped him feel connected. And I'm sure it satisfied so many other needs. It gave, it gave him a sense of value that was beyond the work, knowing that, you know, yeah, he's cleaning toilets and mopping the floors, but he's got a million dollars in the bank, and he's saving. And, he's, and, and every week and every month and every year, he's moving closer and closer towards his goals. That, that's the kind of thing that gets you out of bed every morning. When we fall in love with the process, right? It goes back to, to having that, um, that, you know, asking yourself, how do you want to experience this? How did he want to experience being a janitor? I just read an article the other day about this, this guy who, when he was a kid and the teacher was asking people what they wanted to be, and he said, I want to be a garbage man. And the teacher said, don't you want to aspire to be something more than that? Because, you know, the kids are like doctors, lawyers, uh, NBA stars. He was like, I want to be a garbage man. And sure enough, as an adult, he became a, a garbage man, and now he is the commissioner uh, uh, sanitation commissioner in New York City. I mean, hats off, hats off. And now, and now he has an article in the New York Times. So, don't apologize for who you are. I really want to thank you for spending this Christmas Eve with me, Leo Flowers. Uh, Michelle and I are going to go on a trip to, she has friends in Hawaii, so we're going to go to Hawaii for a few days. And then I have shows in Arizona. Where is it? Phoenix, Tucson, somewhere over there on uh, New Year's Eve. So New Year's Eve, the 1st and 2nd of January. I'll be up Stand Up Live. It's called Stand Up Live in Arizona uh, with Brian Callen. So if you're in the Arizona area, and I looked at the list of listeners, uh, we, have a, we have a bunch, we have a ton. Show up, pull up, let's go. New Year's Eve, January 1st and 2nd, Stand Up Live in Arizona. Let's do this. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself. Once again, you can always call the 1-800-SUICIDE or 1-800-273-TALK. If you want one-on-one coaching, go to thrivewithleo.com and let's get to tomorrow together.